we doing today? Good. I, I love that Seth and Keisha are in unison. Thanks for being here today. I feel like we were Chick-fil-A for a second, okay? Uh, if you are new here, you will hear lots of Chick-fil-A references because I believe um, in Christian chicken, and I love eating it, and God bless that person that's back there making that. It, oh, I can, I'll get on a whole nother tangent talking about Chick-fil-A biscuits. Mm, mm, I'm just telling you. If you have a Bible, uh, one of our values is fun around here, so we hear a lot of fun, joking. Um, I think that it's crazy for us to take ourselves too seriously. Uh, because I think a lot of us live our lives that way. But if you have a Bible, uh, you can go to the book of Proverbs. And the Bible is split into two sections. We have an Old Testament, um, which is an old covenant written to Jewish people. We have a New Testament, which is a new covenant written to the world. And this is how God would want humanity to live their lives. He would give his life for all humanity. And we would tell them how to walk their life out um, in the scriptures. But we're going to be in the Old Testament today through the book, in the book of Proverbs. Everybody say Wisdom. Uh, Solomon wrote a lot of the Proverbs, and he was a super wise guy. He did have a lot of wives, so we don't know how wise he really was, but um, that's neither here nor there because that's Old Testament and not New Testament. But uh, Proverbs 18, if you do not have um, a Bible with you, uh, you can go to your phone and go to the book of Proverbs. You can download the Version app, or it will be up on the screen, and this is what it says. <clears throat> From the fruit of a person's mouth... His stomach is satisfied. Everybody say satisfied. satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. And then it goes on and it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. One translation says this, the New Living Translation says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction, okay? Let's pray. God, I pray that you multiply this word, that lives are changed. God, we thank you for today. It is beautiful outside. I am so glad to see the sun today, God. I'm so glad that you brought Luka Doncic to the Dallas Mavericks. I'm so glad that Christoph Porzingis is a part of this as well. And I believe that the Dallas Cowboys are gonna return to their glory at some point in time. Amen. All right, so uh, you'll hear lots of sports jokes. You'll hear lots of stuff about us. Uh, I love sports, and I talk about them all the time. Um, if you're new, we're in the third part of a series called From Me to We. We have been talking about marriage. Everybody say marriage. Love, dating, relationships. These are all things that we've been talking about, and it's kind of come to this culmination of of. From me to we week three, and I'm trying to wrap all of this into one perspective and how we can live lives. Does anybody live busy lives? The first week, I get people like, yes, praise the Lord, okay? The first week, we talked about priorities and how faith and family have to be prioritized. They can't just be things that we say that we value if we don't value them. Um, I, I use the statement, what you add to your structure is a statement of what you value. So if you say, well, I don't have a good prayer life, it's because you don't value it. If you say, I don't have um, a good family life, it's because you don't value it, okay? What you add to your structure is a statement of what you value. And I know in life, we get busy, and it's super chaotic, and it's super crazy, and we have a hard time planning, we have a hard time getting things together for it. And so I wanted to show you, before we got really into what we're gonna talk about today, a way that I think 
that we could be better. So I'm gonna put something on the screen. It's a triangle, okay? And it is a triangle that we use the very first week. And all it's gonna say is this. This is me, this is my wife, this is God at the top. The closer we get to God, the closer we get to each other. Praise the Lord, all right? It's like, if you want distance in your relationship, get away from God. If you want closeness in your marriage, in your finances, in your life, you better get close to God. And we use that a lot here. I will harp on this. I will go to this. We live in a young city. The average age of Fort Worth is 32 years old, all right? It's young, so y'all need to know I'm not much older than you, but I am old, okay? Um, Mitch, Amanda, God, if you get close to God, you get close to each other. So in life, we have all these things that weigh us down, right? So often, we live our lives chaotic. We're like, oh, I don't have time for this, and I don't have time for that, and I don't have, anybody wake up this morning to notifications on their phone? Yeah, did it stress you out? You know there's something that could cure that? Turning them off. Like you could just like, whoop, turn them off. Like it's real easy. You know that most people get stressed because they can't respond back to Facebook posts and Instagram posts and that most people can't tweet back because they're like, oh, I'm in church. I can't tweet. You can. You can tweet here in church. I don't care. You can Facebook live here in church. Um, Don't get me in trouble, but you can Facebook. You do anything in our church that's biblical and I believe that Facebook is not biblical, but we're gonna use it as a tool, okay? But uh, you wake up in the morning, you have emails, Anybody been there? You're like, oh gosh, you got sales to make. Business has got to be made. You got life to take care of. I got family to provide for. I got money to make somebody, right? And so you spend your life and you have all these little details in your life and your life is filled with emails, junk mail, notifications, uh, you know, just life in general. And it's all these small, small things. And they fill up a portion of your life. (sighs) (laughs) Wow, I feel like a magician. Uh, They fill up portions of your life. They're like, oh, I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got this, and I gotta get here, I gotta run to take my kid to the doctor, I've gotta run to take here, I've got all this going on, and, and, and we live our lives with terrible priorities. And then, then another portion of our life happens, we're like, oh man, who am I going to marry? Uh, there's a good priority, um, if you have the same values, that's probably somebody you should at least try to date. And here's the deal. Just because they follow Jesus doesn't mean they're a candidate, okay? Uh, that's not true. Uh, just because they follow Jesus doesn't mean like, oh, we should be dating. Church world's got it backwards all the time. We're like, just because they're a believer, I mean, unequally yoked is in the, in the Christian world as well, okay? It's like, who should I marry? And we throw that in and we spend our time trying to slide into somebody's DMs and we're trying to figure out life and we're doing all these things and And we're like, well, where should I get a job for all my single people out here? Like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm 35 and I haven't figured it out. You're putting that one in there. Um, You are, uh, if you're 35 and single, I'm sorry. Um, It's no big deal. I'm not hating on you, I promise. You're like, oh, I've got school. I got to graduate college because if I graduate college, I'll make more money. Could be true, could not be true, whatever. Uh, You've got, you know what? I need to have fun with my friends. I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got this. And here's what happens. I've got another, oh, 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 and I forgot about these little pebbles. These little pebbles mean a lot to me. 
Because they're all the small things that pile up on top of the other small things that pile up on top of the other small things. We're like, oh, I've got this and I've got that and I've got priorities. We spend our lives trying to squeeze in every bit of time. And here's the deal. We're like, I've only got 24 hours in a day. Me too. In case you're wondering, we all do. It's all 24 hours. It's not how much time you have in a day. It's what you do with the time you have in your day to get things done and be effective and be efficient as a person that should be married or that wants to be married or that, you know, is thinking about being married. Go ahead and start that now. You don't have to wait till you're married to try to figure out what priorities mean, okay? And then you say, you know what? I got to make time for Jesus. Oh, the overwhelming love. Yeah, we got to put that in there. And I got to make time for my family. I got to make time for some friends. And I got to make time for all the most important things. We put them in last. And what happens when we put them in last, they don't fit. We're like, but God, I came to church and this guy is crazy. And he talked about marriage and love and sex and all these things. And I tried to prioritize it, but all these little things kept piling up. And all these things kept piling up all over me. I just don't know what to do. It's because your priorities are out of whack. They're all been out of shape. As a matter of fact, we talked about five things in the first part of this series that my family values. Faith. Everybody say faith. Family, Family. fun, Fun. fitness, Fitness. finance, Finance. a lot of F's in my house, okay? And that's probably what I made on my report card most of the time, so it was easy for me. (laughs) So, like, I said, okay, faith, that's important to me. If it's important, what you add to your structure is a statement of what you value. If it's important to me, I'm going to put that in there. Faith is crucial in life. It is what gets me up in the morning. It is what gets me through my day. It's when I've had a bad day, I'm going to stand up and declare faith is the word of the day. Faith, family, family is important to me. I got a little eight-year-old daughter. As a matter of fact, she's more important to me and my wife are more important to me than this church, okay? I love them more than anything. I want to see them succeed more than anything. We played an eight-year-old basketball game yesterday, eight and under, and I promised that one girl needed her birth certificate checked because she's like six, eight, and Shaq dunking on people, okay? And so we got this in there, faith, family, finances. Nobody likes to talk about these. It got real quiet in here. We started talking about finances. Just look at your checkbook. I know where your treasure is. Chick-fil-A is mine. <laughs> fun. Fun's a lo- I love fun. We're going to have a lot of fun at church, okay? Um, as a matter of fact, I'm probably the least fun person at my house, but I still like to have fun. My wife, if, I'll tell you right now, she's probably not going to be happy. If you follow me on Instagram, yesterday we were in the doctor's office, and we like to have fun. So Amanda like pulled her hair over her face, looked like Chewbacca, put some sunglasses on, and she was dancing. And we we're in the middle of the doctor's office. The doctor comes in, and I'm dancing, and she's like, what y'all do? It kind of freaked her out, okay? Faith, family, fun, fitness is the last rock that goes in for me. It's the least favorite of mine. But it's important to my family. Because if I don't live healthy, then I won't see my family grow up. And I won't, I won't you know, I can't help my daughter change the world, okay? Family, faith, Fitness, finance, but fitness, man, that's the least. My wife, I've said it the whole series, 5 a.m., up in the morning, exercising. Fitness is a must-have, but not a want-to-have, okay? Like, I got to have it. And then in my life, what I do is I do this. So if those are the standard, they're the most important, then I can start adding text messages. Y'all know. 
You get nervous about text messages. Oh, I didn't respond in time. What are they gonna think? They're gonna think you didn't answer, okay? And for all you people who put red on the text message, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can read when you read my texts and you don't respond back, right? I don't know who's the wise guy who wants people to see that they read their text and then not respond back, okay? Emails, life, you know, basketball games, kids. If your kid's like a traveling, like, baseball star whom you've got traveling around the world and all of Fort Worth, that's good. You've got, um, you know, health and wealth, and I don't even care if stuff spills out on the floor. We'll clean it up later. Sorry, Noah's, I apologize. Thanks for letting us use your facility. You got all these things that you're trying to pile into your life and you put it in. And if you will keep things in that are like important, they will help you out a whole lot, okay? Here's what happens. This is important, okay? See this. I want you to watch this. This is super important. Is when you live a life and all of your ducks are in a row, Everything can fit. All those small emails, all those text messages, and you're like, they didn't respond. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to pour this whole thing in there because it won't fit, and that would ruin my whole illustration. <laughs> but you keep pouring, you keep pouring, see all these details. Ooh, 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 come on. Some, that's a favor of God right there. Oh, here's the deal when you prioritize the right things your life can be better when you prioritize your relationship with God it all can be better I got faith in there I got family in there I got finances in there. I got fitness in there. It doesn't matter what your values are. If yours is like all R's or all L's or whatever it may be, that's just the way I roll kind of pastor. So we use things that help us in life. But whatever it is, this matters in your life. You want to know why you're struggling in certain areas? It's because the things that matter most are going in last. Your relationship with God is going in last. Your relationship with each other, if you're married, is going in last. You know why? Because you prioritized your kids over your marriage. And I'll tell you one thing that is terrible in life is to see your kids grow up and realize that they have more value than your spouse does because when they grow up, they'll think the same thing one point in time. They do not have more value. Your spouse matters. Your marriage matters. Your relationships matter. A little sprinkle. It matters. And so often... We spend our lives the exact opposite. Emails, texts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. Messenger. Golly, messenger is crazy, okay? So today, as we end this series, I just want to encourage you on what it looks like to have conversations. Because at the end of the day, the reason that your marriage is probably struggling is because you're unwilling to confront real conversations in life. The reason that your business is struggling, it's because you are unwilling to have real conversations with people. The reason that your life is in a whirlwind is because you are afraid to have conversations with real people. Everybody say words matter. Words matter. What we say matters, right? Not just what we say, but how we say them matters, right? It's so important to know what we say and how we say them matters. These things are treasures. One of my favorite places to visit in all the world is this island in North Carolina called Emerald Isle. 
And Emerald Isle is like a beach town, okay? It's got blue and pink and purple and all these houses that are along the beach. And one of the coolest things about Emerald Isle, though, is that to get to Emerald Isle, you've got to go over a two-lane bridge. And you go over a two-lane bridge, and it takes you really high, and you can see the sound, and you can see the beach, and you're just like, this place is amazing. As a matter of fact, if you did not absolutely take a Snapchat of the video going over the bridge, the trip did not happen, correct? Like you're like, I gotta make sure everybody see me. And you're driving, I do this, my wife gets nervous when we go visit there. We lived in North Carolina for five years and we would go over the bridge and I'm like, oh, this is so great. Look at the sunrise, look at the sunset. She's like, drive on the road. It's like, it, it is a bridge and that bridge brings people together. You ever been to a beach? Like everybody's just chilling, kicking it. They got sound over here. People bring their own tents. People bring their own houses. The first time we went to a beach, we brought this portable pool, okay? We are not normal beach people, okay? Like we took a, a, one of those little kitty plastic pools and we thought, we're gonna go down there, it's gonna be cool. We were those people who everybody was looking at. You don't go to the beach very often. We're trying to fill it up with sand and water. It's broken, it's in pieces, it's in shambles, it's terrible, it's a bad idea, okay? But it brings people together, People will be out there throwing a football, letting the water hit them. They'll be out there laying out. Some of them need to put more clothes on when they're laying out, but people are out there laying out, all right? People are everywhere. I saw a dude one time, no lie, with a tattoo of a son on his lower back, all right, running on the beach like he was somebody. And I was like, bro, bro, who was your friend who let you do that that night, okay? That cannot happen. And so there's this guy running on the beach. It just, the beach is so great. Everybody's so happy at the beach until you get in the water and you realize there's sharks in there. Like, I gotta get out of here. Like, it's crazy, but it brings people together. And one of the things that I know is that most of us, we would rather build walls that divide us instead of bridges that unite us. In your relationship, think about this. Would you rather build a wall that says, I'm, mm -mm, I'm not going there? Or would, it, would you rather tear it down so you could actually have conversation? Most of us would rather build walls that divide us instead of bridges that unite us because words have the power to wound. Anybody ever been wounded by a word? Somebody said something about you and it hurt you. Somebody said something that you were this or you were that and it hurt you. Words can wound, but also words can heal. If the Bible says that the power of life and death are in the tongue, imagine what we could do as a church. Imagine what you could do in your marriage. Imagine what you could do in your business if you spoke life to people instead of death to them. Never been there. Never been. I'm telling you, like you go to a, a late night movie like my uh, we we used to go to like these uh showings that were late and all like marvel all these things would happen my wife did a lot of um what was that what was that that you went like at midnight every night twilight yeah that thing like she did she stayed up till all hours of the morning doing that stuff it was great for her and so like we we do all these things but when you get in there people go crazy and they lose their minds like you're not taking my spot i got a sister who is not afraid to fight anybody, okay? And one time they were watching a movie and these girls are talking and my, my wife is sitting next to her and my sister just turns around. She's a pastor's wife, so um, she's got issues sometimes. She said, excuse me, we're trying to watch this movie. Could you please keep it down? 
And she tore some people down. Now imagine if she said, hey, we're trying to watch this movie. Would it be okay if you like kept it down a little bit so we could really hear what's going on? I bet that the response would have been better. Because not only do words matter, tone matters. How you say them matters. The way you say them matters. Your tone means everything. Uh, when you uh, have conversation, when you showed up today, imagine if there are people going, hey, thanks for being in the United City. <laughs> so glad you're here. Do the rock. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. Like, hey guys, so welcome. Now imagine though, if our tone was there, we're like, say, hey, welcome to United City. We're so glad you are here. This is gonna be the greatest day of your life. It's about to be changed. It's about to be transformed. We are so pumped. There's coffee in the back because we all love coffee. There's donuts in the back for your children and you. There's donut holes for everybody because we are excited that you're here. It changed. It's not all of a sudden this is a dead conversation. I, uh, nobody wants to have conversation when the tone is wrong. You see, when you realize that some of you, you launch verbal missiles at people, your opposite, you know, your spouse, you're like, ah, uh, like, no, you, you're on islands. Anybody ever played Battleship growing up? You're launching missiles at people. Somebody sunk my battleship and you're proud of it. Words matter. Here's what I've learned. When it comes to communication skills, we don't know what we are doing. We don't. We have no clue what we're doing because where there's smoke, there's fire. And oftentimes, well, actually, number, the number one killer of people in house fires is not the fire, it's the smoke. The fire doesn't consume a house, it's the smoke that kills people. The number one killer in relationships is spending too much time on the smoke ignoring the fact that there is a fire and that it exists. See, so many of us, we are so, and I don't, if you are a like fan the flame smoke person and you are launching verbal missiles and you're like, this is what you should do with your life. And you're one of those people. Here's the kind of person that I am, okay? Some of you guys, you're fanners. You just want to like, let's just make this fight better. Let's get into it. And you're fanning the fight. I use my hands for everything. This is me. I, I, I walk away. I start doing dishes and we all know that that's not real in my house, okay? Like, I start like putting stuff away and I'm walking back and forth and I'm like doing this and I'm like putting stuff, I'm like, there's a vacuum cleaner, that'll be loud, nobody can hear, we don't have to talk, all these things. You're one of these two people. You either fan the flame or you walk away. And I'll tell you this, neither one of them are good. Neither of them are good. They don't help you in your marriage. They don't help you in your relationship. Amanda will sometimes come out and be like, you done? Like, I'm like, and then I, guys have short-term memory loss when it comes to fighting. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? She's like, we're not going to talk about this? I'm like, talk about what? Like, what does that <laughs> Like, priorities? Oh, we're not talking about that. I ain't got time for that. I put the wrong rocks in first. Like, uh, what, what do you mean? And, and, and we talk about this often, and, and so we have to learn how to communicate. When those emotions begin to go up, what happens is clarity and understanding and trust go down. 
When your emotions are involved in it, you're like, ah! And you're mad and you're angry and you're yelling and you're screaming. Guess what goes on? A fog comes over your head and you start saying things that you mean but that you wish you would have never said. You live your life this way with all these emotions. Listen, recognize I am an emotional person. Me. If they're in our family, I am the emotional one. My wife, zero. <laughs> Me, lots. Last song today, oh, <laughs> I'm like crying and worshiping. I gotta take my glasses off. My glasses are always dirty after worship because I've cried through the set, okay? Like, I can't function. I'm an emotional human being, and I have to watch myself because my body language tells my emotions all the time. You ever sit across from somebody and they're like this? Here's the best. Oh, I don't have my phone. You ever sit across from somebody, they sit across from you, they take their phone out, and they flip it upside down on the phone as if that's going to keep them from checking it when somebody texts them? You're like, oh, man, I'd have got somebody with that. You've all been in that. Oh, I'll just, it won't bother me, I promise. And then you're like, or this is the worst. I do this all the time. Hmm. <laughs> Nothing communicates, I want to hang out with you like this. <laughs> For real. <laughs> you're in the middle of a fight with your, with your significant other, your spouse, and you're like, I can't believe she did that. Oh my gosh, did you see what happened in that game? And you're trying to figure it all out. It happens. We have to learn how to understand our language. Listen to the tone in your voice. I am the worst with tone. I communicate for a living, but yet I'm terrible with tone. Sometimes it comes out wrong. Sometimes it may, I, I may not even mean the way it comes out, but by how I say it, it hurts and it wounds and it, and it causes division. It's not a bridge building, it's, it's dividing. Recognize how you need to respond appropriately. Everybody has a response, okay? And how you respond matters to who you're dating, who you're married to, who you're gonna be married to, your business, your kids. Ooh, this, I got an eight-year-old daughter. One night, she was very emotional. It was the summer. And I'm sitting there, and Amanda's like, are you okay? And I'm like, man, baby, I, I don't know. Like, she just so emotional. Like, is she going to be able to, like, function? And my wife looked at me and said, she's eight. And she said, you have the next 10 years to enjoy the emotions of your child. She may randomly cry. She may randomly not understand. And I'm the kind of guy that's like, what are you crying for? What's happening? Why are we doing this? What's going on? You know, I have to watch myself because I don't understand it. But I've had to learn tone. I coach her basketball team. It's like herding cats, okay? We can't get it all together all the time. They don't go the right way all the time. We're like, our goal is this way. And they're like, where? And I'm like, that way. Huh? We have the ball. Offense. What is that? Like, I get all kinds. Of, the other day, I was like, all right, everybody come here. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do in this. Her goes, <coughs> like, right in my face. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I just ate your cough. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just ate your cough. <laughs> and I have to watch myself 
Because if you come watch me coach, I'm like, over there! And the other day, Cooper, we got done with the game, and she's like, Dad, being kind of mean today. And I'm like, <laughs> went back to my own mode. Like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm being mean. I don't, <laughs> being mean? Yeah, because tone matters. How you handle a conversation matters. Think about this. When you, and I, I am, I don't claim to be a guru. I don't claim to have every answer. I am very terrible at this, okay? Did it work last time? If it didn't, you should probably try a different way of having conversation. When you're dating somebody, it's always like, oh, I love you. I'm gonna stay at your house till midnight. Then I'm gonna do this. And you'll, you'll do crazy things when you're dating. Like, you'll drive out of your way to hang out with somebody that you love. You're like, oh, I gotta go over here. And we all know that it's 30 minutes the wrong way. You're like, oh, I forgot something. You just wanna get close by the person you're dating. Right, you're just like, I just gotta be in their presence. I just love them, they're so wonderful. And then when you get in each other's presence, you're like, oh, and then you get married and you forgot all about how wonderful and great and amazing that person was. You start launching verbal missiles, you start using different tone. Like your tone is completely different when you get married. Like, I, and she's like, uh, 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 and you're like, I don't know what's happening. I say that all the time. I don't know. I don't know why, what's happening, I don't know. And I know that it frustrates my wife to death. Because when you say, I don't know, the problem can never be solved. I don't know. Well, if you never know, then you can never fix it. So there, there's, there's definitely an issue. So we respond this way around here all the time. I had some people who moved with me from North Carolina to help start this church. I mean, I believe that there are three R's that we all represent um, when we're in conversation. And they, they, they're gonna chuckle and laugh because I literally ran this into their like, DNA and their brains all the time. Three R's, right time, right place, right spirit. Is it the right time to have the conversation? When you're married, if you're married in here and you've been married a short time, whether you've been married a long time, is it the right time to have the conversation? Are you in the right place to have it? Imagine if I came up here and I said, man, Connor, that song, whew, you needed some work on that, bro. Is that the right place to have the conversation? No. But so often, we get caught up in our emotions and we start saying things that we mean that we really say we don't mean. And we start getting upset and we start saying all these things and it affects how we lead. Do, is your spirit right when you get in an argument with your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, when you're single, listen, you can argue with yourself. Look in the mirror, okay? Like tell yourself you're bad, you're whatever you gotta do, okay? But listen, is your spirit right? If you're coming at, at a conversation in marriage with the wrong spirit, the wrong tone, it's not the right place, and it's not the right time, I'll tell you what'll happen. It will end in all out warfare. You want to know why? Because you would rather build a wall than a bridge. And walls keep us away from people. Bridges get us to people. Some of you, you've built walls your whole life, and some of that's because of the way you were raised. Maybe you had parents who you saw 
verbally assaulting each other. Maybe you were raised in a, a single parent home and you've never seen what it looks like even for a, a husband to be present in a home. None of that matters. But what I can teach you now is that there's power in the tongue. And you will either give life to people or you will speak death to them. Which one would you rather choose? Ephesians 4.15 tells us to speak truth in love. Speak truth in love. That's tough. Some of us are truth people. Anybody a truth person here? I love people like that because they're like, oh, I'm gonna tell the truth. Like they're they, they gonna hear. Like they need to know. Like they need to know what they did. Truth people, I love you all, but don't be a truthful person just to be a jerk. Like I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They start, well, if you would have done this and you would have done that, then this would have happened and you'd be in a better place. Like just chill, take a deep breath. There's a difference between being a jerk and having conversation. Some of you people are like love people, that's me. I try to be a love, I like, I wanna love people. Like hey, like it's all good, it's gonna be okay. Like. And the reality is, is that you need truth and love. You cannot have one without the other. You have to have them. It, it cannot be either or. It has to be both. If you're a truth person, lean towards love, grace, and compassion. If you're a love person, lean towards truth, even if it means having a difficult conversation that is uncomfortable. Because let's be honest, nobody likes having difficult conversations. Did you know that people will say that the number one reason for divorce is money? I think they're wrong. I think the number one reason for divorce is lack of communication. It's because you don't talk. You build walls. And you say, ah, mm -mm, I ain't going there. You know what that's going to do to her? You know what that's going to do to him? No. If you trust each other and you love each other, you'll have the right conversations with one another. A Dr. Matt Townsend teaches us that... There are seven basic things we need in order to have great communication, okay? If any of them aren't present, our relationship is starved and communication is effective. So up on the screen, I'm gonna put a deal called, uh, a language called STARVED. And it's an acronym so everybody can kind of see how it works. STARVED, okay? If you're not communicating this, your relationship is starved, okay? So S, everybody say S. S, S is for safety, if we're going to make this work, you have to be secure physically, you have to be secure socially, you have to be secure emotionally, you have to be secure financially, and you have to be secure spiritually. In a relationship, if there is no safety, there is no communication. If you don't communicate, there's no safety. And the reason that some of you shut down in your conversations with each other, in your marriage, with your friends, at your school, at work, whatever it is, the reason you shut down is because you don't feel safe. Whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, we all need to have these things. You need to make sure that when you are spiritual, like when you're in a marriage, that spirituality, that you are on, the, you have the same values. If her value is church and his value is prison, that's not a good matchup, okay? Like if his value is a bar and her value is mom and dad, that's not a good matchup. You need to have the same values. So many people get into relationships with extremely different values and they wonder why they're not making it past year two. 
The easiest day is when you stand before everybody and say, I do. It's only going to get more difficult. It's only going to get harder. It's only going to get more crazy. You're only going to have more arguments because you don't have them because you're so obsessed with the person when you're dating them. Wreck off, have that conversation now. Then maybe they won't marry me. If you don't have that conversation now, you should not marry them. Bottom line, like be a person who's willing to provide safety for one another. T, trust. If you want to get results with people, you mu they must trust you. Bottom line, you, you ever share things with people you don't trust? No, because they're not trustworthy. And in marriage, in dating, in relationships, if the person is not trustworthy, why are you together? And some of you are thinking, man, I should have thought about this before I got married. Now you get to have the conversation about how you can be more trustworthy. Now you get to have the conversation how you can provide safety. A, everybody needs to be appreciated. Everybody say appreciated. appreciated. Everybody wants to be appreciated. We all have this need to be appreciated. I say this all the time to my wife. You are hot. You look good. I love you. Man, I love to touch you. You're the greatest. Like, I, I mean, I, and then I'll go, I'll be like, you're the greatest teacher in Keller Independent School District. Like, your principal takes you to do this. And you, like, nobody works harder than you. I'm building her up because I love her. Yesterday, I were in the car. I put my hand on her leg, and I was like, man, you've been doing squats. Your legs are so muscular, girl. Because I appreciate her. And she would appreciate it if I would work out more, too. Some feel appreciated when they hear words of affirmation. Me, I'm a touch me and tell me I'm pretty guy and I'll do anything for you. Some people just want to have quality time and watch Netflix. I like to watch Netflix and chill. And so, like, it's either way, all right? So either way, you have to understand that you need to be appreciated. Some people's appreciation is baking them cookies, some people's appreciation is just saying you did a great job. Some people's appreciation is just loving them for who they are. Everybody wants to be appreciated. R in starved. R means that you respect. Respect means that, uh, that you are seen with reverence. My dad, who is um, with Jesus now, I revered my dad. There was a respect there. And one of the reasons is because he would have beat me. Um, the other reason is, is that um, he was just a respectful person. I revered him. He, uh, when I would leave the house, he would say, remember whose name you're carrying when you walk out the doors of this house. Just remember that. Every morning, in, when I put Cooper in the car, I say, remember who you are. You're you, be you. You don't have to be anybody else but Cooper. And it's a reminder every morning of who she is. Because in our society, in our world today, if you aren't reminded of who you are, the world will try to make you somebody you're not. And you will spend your life swiping right, swiping left, sliding into people's DMs to try to fulfill your need for a hot minute that won't last you a lifetime. We need to respect one another. When you're having a conversation when no one likes being talked to, especially being talked down to, people like to be talked to, not talked at. Talk to the person. V, validation. 
We can disagree, but even in our disagreement, we can see each other's viewpoint. I didn't have the bottle of water up here with me, but if you were to look in here, uh, some of you would say, well, that is half empty. And some of you would say, well, that's half full. And guess what? You're both right. It's just that one of you has an opinion that you think is right. And what you'll do is you'll die on that hill. No, it's half empty. No, it's half full. No, it's not. Do you not see it? And you, you come up with some scientific idea that's not real. And you say, no, it's half empty. No. Start leading conversations not with just, yeah, it is half empty, but it's half full. Stop putting a but in there. Start saying, it is and. So it is half empty. Yeah. It is, and it's half full. Not but. You know what buts do? They, they, they put your butt in the opinion, in the conversation. And so we start saying, oh, but, but. Take the word but out of conversations. I want to cuddle, but you only want to have sex. Okay, I want to cuddle, and I want to have sex. The result, both are valid and both are true. And I just helped every dude out in here that's married. I ain't trying to help you out if you're single at this point in time. Uh-uh. We'll go down that road later. E for encouragement. If you are in a relationship with someone, cheer them on. Be their biggest fan. Help them succeed. Do whatever it takes to make sure that they are the apple of your eye, that you love them, that you care for them. And, and listen, don't pretend like you love somebody on the internet and then treat them completely different. Like, that drives me nuts when people are like, oh, I love you. I love you. No, let me post this picture of us together. This is us. We love this. We love us. Emojis with hearts. Emojis with arrows through them. Just love them. You don't have to put it on the internet to show them you love them. Like, love them, encourage them, be there for them. D, dedication. We are in a marriage relationship. I need to know that you are more committed to me than anyone else on this planet. Nobody else more committed to me than my wife, vice versa. I send a message to every single person that likes or does something for our church, a private message to say, hey, my name is Pastor Mitch. I would love to introduce myself to you. We, my wife and I, would love to take you to coffee or have dinner with you sometime. If I can't, if we can't do that, me and a team member would love to take you out, learn more about you and your life because I am not about to be trying to slide up into somebody's DMs as a pastor. I'm just not gonna do it. And so I use language that says we, me, my wife, my team. I will not meet you by myself. I won't do it. The other day, person, mutual friend with somebody who attends our church. Cool. Hey, thanks for liking our post. Um, my name is Mitch. If you need anything, let me know. My wife and I would love to take you out. Didn't hear a response for a couple days, and I get a response that says, hi. And I said, hi, because I'm that guy. Hey. And this person says, do you live in Fort Worth? Absolutely, I'm a pastor. Oh, how old are you? And I just said, too old. <laughs> I'm too old to be having this conversation. I'm not doing it. If you'd like more information about our church, you can go to our website. And I haven't responded. Actually, I don't even know if I'm friends with that person anymore. I just deleted them. 
Because I am not about to be a person that is undedicated to my family, to my wife, to my purpose, to this church. I'm not gonna do it. And neither should you. Facebook ruins marriages because you are interested in somebody else that you dated in high school. And you wanna see what their life is about. No, you don't. You don't. It is God first, then my spouse. Always. This is a relationship series about marriage. It's not about me. It's about we. The Bible says this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Huh. Love your neighbor as yourself? Yeah. Which means, who is your neighbor? If you're married, the closest neighbor you got better be the person you're sleeping with in the bed. That means you better love that person as you love yourself. And listen, I know we live in a world that loves themselves. I see it all the time. We are a frenzied, fanatic group of people who love to take pictures of us and what we're doing. And I'm not saying you're wrong if you do, but you better wake up in the morning and show some dedication to the person that you're married to. You better show some respect to the person that you're married to. Not because you, not because you heard me say it, but because Jesus loves you. And if you're going to lead a, a home and a family, you are to honor your wife, your family, your kids. And if Jesus gave his life for you, you should give Give your life for your family. Amen. We should not sit around and wait for something to happen in the church and stop talking about uh, marriage, relationships, dating, and sex. We should be leading the conversation in what it looks like to lead a home, in what it looks like to lead a family, because that's what it means to love a community. Not to have a cool church service. You know what it means to love a community? It's when you start with loving your wife, when you start with loving your neighbor as yourself. So what are you gonna do today? You gonna build walls? Anybody ever watch a show with Tim Allen back in the 90s? Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Tim was a cool dude, funny guy. Tim had a neighbor. Never saw his face. Never saw his neighbor's face until the very last episode he came out. Actually came out with the deal on and then he, he took off so people could actually see his face. But you could probably Google it and see his face now. You know what I find interesting about that? Is that most of the time there was a fence between Tim and his neighbor. And I always wondered what would have happened if the fence would have been gone. Oh, he always gave Tim good advice and he always told him what he should and shouldn't do. But what would have happened if the fence was gone? You know what would have happened? There would have been a bridge there. And that bridge would have helped them have conversation about marriage and life and family and finance and fitness and faith 
and for them the Detroit Lions and for us the Dallas Cowboys and for us the Mavericks and for all these things. What are we doing? Are we building fences or are we building bridges? And I ask ourselves that question. If someone really matters to you, you will have a conversation with them. If they don't matter to you, you'll go get your vacuum cleaner and you'll sigh, you'll, you'll pretend like you're in the room, but you won't be. You'll vacuum, you'll stay silent. Not only will you build bridge, not only will you build a wall, you'll build a wall so tall that you'll never be able to see your spouse. That's not the way Jesus sees it. See, Jesus has this, this perspective from heaven and he gets to see things that we don't see. He gets to see things that we'll never see. And he doesn't see a fence that's keeping him from us. He sees a world that's in desperate need of him that not only does he want to get to, he came to. And because he came, we can live life. We can shout, we can sing, we can do all these things, but we will always at this church revere marriage. You know why? Because Jesus did. He's married to the bride of Christ. That's us. He gave his life for us.